You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. We're sipping on some tasty watermelon Jolly Ranchers this week and talking about social license and horse welfare. Also, is breeding for horse shows falling out of style? We discuss. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome, Welcome to Happy, Happy Hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 121 of Heels Down Happy Hour. Hey guys. Hello. Everybody surviving? What's new? Yeah. What's going on? I fell in the mud. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) At least it wasn't the snow. Now do you have snow? No, the snow completely missed us. It hit my mom. She texted me they have like over a foot. But I'm mad that the snow missed us because... Because then it's mud. I hate mud. I literally lost my boot. Oh, no. Um, And fell in the mud on my butt. And I oh. just texted Matt and I was like, there are muddy pants on the back porch. <laughs> Don't touch them. Um, yeah. Because then I didn't want to put my boot back on and get the inside of the boot muddy. So I brought the rest of the horses in wearing one shoe <laughs> in oh, the snow. No. I know. Ellie's it, just no, she doesn't me. have snow. She's just mud and just gross. Yeah. And it's she cold just, mud. So it wasn't fun. Ugh. She just texted me a picture like. This is how my day is going. And it's just <laughs> Ellie with one muddy leg, and just no shoe. <laughs> yep. That's, and that's like the second time this week. So I don't really, I don't understand. Like muck boots are great when they stay on your foot. <laughs> um, so oh that's, and, and I think my horses are honestly pitying me at this point. They're like, that's pretty sad. But, this and, is, yeah. And Berkeley's so mad about the mud. When I turn him out, he literally walks straight into the shed and just stands there and looks at me. I'm like, I'm really sorry. <laughs> He's sorry, like, bud. this is over it. How, I mean, how many more weeks do you think until like spring will dry up? I mean, if it ever dries up. Yeah, I'm right. Just, Probably never. Yeah, I'm like not looking forward. Like I'm hoping it dries because like if it stays like this, hay season is going to be... I'm going to be spending a lot of money on buying hay from someplace where it's dry. That's what's going to happen. Right. Oh, boy. Well, it sounds like you need a drink, Ellie. So why don't you tell us about this drink that you brought? Oh, my gosh. Okay. So it's fruity of some sort. It is fruity. But there's a funny story with this drink because so Matt and I went to like a local bowling alley around like Halloween and they had like a costume contest. We went and Mario and Luigi. <laughs> oh, um, and we that's went, and we, cool. yeah, and we went bowling and stuff. Um, and they had like some drink there that was like watermelony. And Matt was like, "Huh, I've never had like watermelon schnapps. That was that was pretty good." And Matt's usually more of like a like a gin or beer guy. He's not like a he's not the fruity like me. Um, so he's been kind of like asking bartenders like about like what they mix with watermelon schnapps and like just like he's created this drink which is actually really freaking good so i wanted to share it with you guys because it really tastes like a watermelon jolly rancher um so it's about like one and a half ounces of pinnacle whipped vodka Mm, okay one and a half ounces of like the watermelon pucker schnapps 
one ounce sweet and sour mix. And then you can do like five ounces of either like seltzer or Sprite. Like we use club soda, you know, either one works. And then here's the best part, guys. You just pour it in a cup. <laughs> it's you, done. And it's done. You can put it over ice, you know, if you want it on the rocks. Um, but like we refrigerate our sweet and sour mix. So it's pretty cold. Um, and the seltzer, you know. But um, yeah, no, it's actually really good. And I was surprised because I hate whipped vodka. Like. I have some weird like PTSD with it, I think from college. Um, but yeah, no, it's really good and surprising because like I said, Matt's not a, not a sweet fruity person. Um, but he kind of created this concoction and it's really good. And it look and it looks like just like a pink drink. Um, so it doesn't look like my usual mixed drinks that just end up looking brown. <laughs> um, so yeah, you guys should try it and let us know. Uh, I'll tell Matt if he gets good reviews or not. To be honest, I cannot remember the last time I've had any form of schnapps. So, oh. like, yeah, but I feel like I would be. This is a headache in a bottle for me. But this is like <laughs> right up Ellie's. This is Ellie's like drink. Everything 100%. that's like my drinks, Ellie's like I can't taste that, Jessica. So I think I'd be really interested to hear from the listeners. Do they like more Ellie style drinks? Or Justine's or mine. Because we all kind of have such a different style. We do. Yeah. We should do a poll. I'd be we curious. Should. Yeah. We should do that. Yeah. I would love to know who wants what. And it doesn't matter. We'll all still bring our own drinks. Because there's still we're still on here. So I'm still going to talk about mine and Justine and Ellie. But I'd love to know what you guys are thinking. Yeah. Like, which drinks? Yeah. Because I'd love to know, like, what were your favorites, too? Like, over yeah. the years from the podcast, if you had, like, Drinks that you learned about from the show and you now you drink regularly at home. But also, yeah, like if you fall, which category do you fall in? Are you an Ellie, Ellie type drink, uh, Jess type drink or yeah, let's let's find out. We'll post in the Facebook group and we'll keep that discussion going. So this episode is brought to you by Purina, but our news is brought to you by the Heels Down Spark which is the only daily equestrian newsletter. It's free. You can subscribe by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. All right, Jess, you got some good news to kick us off. Absolutely. But mine is timely. So you guys, I hope you listen to the episode right when it comes out and get right on this. Do not miss it. It is, it popped up on my Facebook or whatever, but it is the Chronicle of the Horse in the Defender Land Rover, Kentucky, all presented by Mars and everybody, that whole group is put together a giveaway where you get the grand prize is two VIP tickets and one parking pass for all four days of the Defender Kentucky three-day event. And that includes access to the sponsor tent, which is pretty amazing tent, by the way. And it's also got, which I think is a really cool part, is the behind the scenes scenes VIP tour during the event with uh, senior director of the competition, Vanessa Coleman. And Vanessa, guys, is the nicest person. Like she is amazing. It is so great to see her every time we're at Kentucky. Um, to have her insight and to go walk around with her. I mean, yes, the sponsor ten is going to be amazing, but I think at the same time walking around with and getting behind the scenes with her is incredible. So we will post how you um, can 
enter the giveaway and everything. Cause don't worry if you don't get the grand prize, they also have a secondary prize that the second prize is for four ground emissions, uh, like general emissions tickets, which include entry to the horse park, the international trade fair entry to the parking and the grounds. Um, it's for Thursday, Friday, Saturday. And so, um, and Sunday. So you guys, please enter all this and it gives all specifics when you're going to enter it. And so I don't know, I I'm going to enter for friends and family and everything else. So it's, it's a pretty amazing giveaway. Yeah. Holy cow. I mean, right. Uh, it, it is 100% the VIP treatment. If you win this, like it is the ultimate way to do the Kentucky three day event. And I would love for one of our listeners to win it and then be able to like fall along and, come meet me and everything else and hang out like it'd be so fun i know how awesome gosh it's crazy yeah. that we, we're already talking and thinking about kentucky like it's not that far away well my kids found their passes like barn passes from a couple years ago one of the girls in the office was like oh, you know hudson wanted to pass or something so he got his pass and abigail's like bold in her picture it's from 2021 <laughs> it's quite funny <laughs> but she they were so excited they're like do we get to go back to kentucky and i was like yeah it's like quite a bit away and then i started thinking i'm like it's actually really not that far along it like, really is we're not that far out so yeah I make know, sure because i think there's only like a weekend so left in this so yeah get on this for sure We'll definitely share the link to the where to sign up for this giveaway in the show notes. So wherever you listen to podcasts, look for our show notes. They're always on heelsdownmag.com, but also on the Horse Radio Network page as well. What do you got, Ellie? Well, so I have some interesting, but also kind of just frustrating news. Um, so I don't know if you guys saw the um, Caesar Para video that kind of came out at the beginning of this month. Um, oh, yeah. Multiple ones, they're yeah. terrible. The whipping, yeah. yeah. Uh, there's um, a couple videos that are pretty disturbing. I mean, they, yeah. they are disturbing. It's not even pretty disturbing. They are just straight disturbing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so I obviously, I think like most of the equestrian community was pretty disturbed and kind of disgusted when they saw that. Um, and it was frustrating because Yousef couldn't do anything about it when it happened. Um, so basically... Yusef yeah, wait, yeah, they had to wait for FEI. Right. And Yusef also wow. can't in, immediately suspend because they don't have that power right now because Yusef current rules only cover like abuse that happens on showgrounds or when a horse is presented for competition with evidence of recent abuse, like if they're, you know, bleeding where the spurs are or things like that. Um, so Yusef has since, you know, they posted actually a, a letter from the CEO um, on February 13th um, as we're recording this, that they, he has been temporarily suspended by the FEI while they investigate, um, you know, and they've spoken up about how, you know, this is not acceptable. They're talking about animal welfare and that this is just in endangers the integrity of our sport. Um, so we'll post that letter in the notes for you guys, but I wanted to talk about the, the rule changes that Yousef is trying to pass. Um, so if they, the middle of the year conference for them is in June. And if they get passed at that mid-year board meeting, uh, they'd go into effect the beginning of December of this year. Um, so basically the there's two things that are being proposed. One is a proposal that strengthens the definition of abuse 
and expands the scope of Yousef's jurisdiction over abuse um, that happens away from competitions. Um, and like the social license um, under which like the equestrian sport operates, right? The horses need to be treated as athletic partners and receive the appropriate training uh, required by all athletes um, and their welfare is paramount at all times. And Yousef is being very clear on that. Um, so they want to change the rule. So it uh, define or excuse me, create this rule. And this will be uh, defined as like any action or omission that causes or is likely to cause pain or unnecessary discomfort to a horse. And then they list 21 examples of abuse, uh, some of which have already been listed as abuse in the USEF rules, um, but there are some newer ones, such as like excessive lunging um, and excessive competing of a horse. Uh, the second rule is just going to be a change to the standard rule, um, which is that physical assault upon a person and or cruelty and abuse to a horse, um, whether such occurred at a licensed competition or at any other time. So this is getting kind of mixed reviews. Um, they discussed it at the USHJA annual meeting. Um, and some people are fearing that the rule is like an overreach since it's not at competitions and could be abused as a form of retaliation. Um, but ultimately, right, we have concerns about how this bad behavior at home could impu influence the sport's social license, and also just the integrity of our sport with horse welfare. Um, so I thought it was really great that the um, Thomas O'Mara, the president of USEF, um, actually posted in his uh, letter that they are now asking anyone that if you have witnessed horse-related abuse to contact USEF by texting what you saw, um, to the number two Yousef, uh, which is like 28733, or by emailing general counsel at Yousef.org um, to report that abuse. Um, I think it's great that our, you know, our governing body is taking actions to help make sure welfare is at the top priority. Um, it feels almost unprecedented because, you know, like, this isn't the first example, right, that we've seen this and that that it's come up. And um, I, I'm actually quite surprised uh, in a in a pleasant way that Yousef is taking this so seriously and trying to get ahead of it and create some parameters to combat it from ever happening like this again. Yeah, and I think it's because they they have been getting a lot of slack lately on, you know, people are bringing these things up and, like, why isn't anything being done? Um, right. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's really, really important, and I'm glad to see Yousef doing something about it. I just, I hope we continue to have discussions, right? Because I think people have, um, you know, it warranted concerns, right? Because what from a governing standpoint of like what should, you know what I mean? Like if you're on, if you're not at a horse show, what, what should Yousef's role have in the way you operate around horses? Um, I think if you're a good upstanding horseman, you have nothing to worry about. Right. But um, 
it it's an interesting discussion and i'll be curious to see how it continues to evolve right like with all these various organizations like ushga usca like everyone kind of has a different take on on what comes what trickles down from usef but i think it's um I think it's really interesting and and very powerful that you see Yusuf is doing something about it in this way for sure. Yeah, absolutely. What have you got, Justine? So something a little bit uh, more lighthearted. Um, so Anna Merrick, we had on the show late last year. She is one of my favorite interviews that we did in 2023. I think she's just super cool and you know lives here in Florida. And she is just having a really stellar year already. It's only February and she is just like kicking butt, man, down in Wellington. So she has um, this horse that she talked about uh, when she was on the podcast last year. Um, She was at the Pan Ams with this horse, Firefly. Well, now she's been in Wellington and she just competed in this FEI Dressage World Cup final uh, on a different horse, Five L, which I think is um, a horse she talked she talked about him on uh, on the show. She took over the reins for him last year from his owner, and they just like totally knocked it out of the park with like a huge seventy plus score um, and uh, the Grand Prix. But then they got a seventy eight point four five seven and the dressage world cup freestyle in uh, Wellington last week. And if you haven't seen the video, like it's been making the rounds on social media, it's really fun to watch because this is just like this giant, big bouncy horse. And she just like laid it all out in the line in these performances. It was just, it was beautiful and very inspiring. And I just love how cool and down to earth Anna is. She's like a, a very easy person for me personally to root for. So I'm just so happy to see her having uh, more success and uh, I can't wait to see what she does next. So we'll share some of the highlights of uh, her performances if you want to watch them uh, in our show notes. But yeah, she's awesome. And I feel like we got to have her back on the show soon. Oh, absolutely. So again, this episode is brought to you by Purina and your horse has specific and unique feed needs and Purina has you covered. From breeding and growing to senior horses, from performance horses to easy keepers and everything in between, Purina has an extensive portfolio of research-backed options for your horse. There's no shortcut for quality nutrition. Cheaper isn't cheaper if it doesn't work. Put Purina's research to the test. Find optimal nutrition at any level at your local Purina retailer or visit PurinaMills.com to learn more. All right, guys, I can't believe we're already at the week of Valentine's Day. Like, ugh, I feel like this year is just going by in a flash. But I thought it would be fun um, to talk about traditions. Like, do you guys do anything special with your significant others, like with Matt and with Doug? Ellie, do you do anything with Matt? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, we we muck stalls together. No. Um, in your Luigi and Maria and Mario costumes. <laughs> I'll have to I was going to say, Matt's like super thrilled that he's like, oh, this is our thing. This is our Valentine's Day mucking stalls. <laughs> I'll have to post a picture of uh, of that bowling night in the uh, Facebook group because it is funny because uh, I wear a little mustache as Luigi or uh, Stop, as Mario. That is and stuff. amazing. And Matt 
obviously didn't have to because he has a mustache for Luigi. But anyway, um, so we don't do anything like structured, I guess, for Valentine's Day. Um, although there is a funny story <laughs> that Matt kind of got in trouble one time. And I don't remember. I think we'd have been dating for maybe like a year or two. And I don't remember why, but I was really sad that he didn't get me a card for Valentine's Day. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Um, I was like, I don't like, why didn't you get me a card and like profess your love to me? Um, I don't know. I Man, I was freaking 19, you know, leave me alone. But um, <laughs> in, in my defense. Um, but like Matt usually like makes dinner, um, which I mean, he does all the time because I can't cook at all. Um, but that night specifically, uh, he'd actually made this shrimp gorgonzola Alfredo, Ooh. which was so wow. good. So now pretty much every Valentine's Day, and unfortunately it happens during tax season, right? So he's always crazy busy because he's an accountant. Um, but every Valentine's Day, I'm like, oh, like w- we'll celebrate like at the weekend or whatever. And I want you to make that like shrimp gorgonzola. <laughs> so um, I guess that like. Me basically begging Matt to make whatever food I'm craving um, is basically Valentine's Day. Um, but he always gets me a card. <laughs> I'm sure he's terrified not to buy you a card. He now. learned that lesson. That's hilarious. Because I was That's so hysterical. sad. I don't, like, remember. And uh, to be honest, I forget cards all the time. But, like, he gets me a card now for every holiday. <laughs> I don't know why. He's so scared not to. <laughs> I hope you save every damn card, Ellie. <laughs> I do. I do. Oh, I'm a really, like, I'm a cheesy, sentimental person. That's honestly. so cute. So, like, I, I love them. And I'm in a little box full of them. And I'm like, oh, look, that's Aww. so cute what you wrote 10 years ago. Isn't that funny? Oh, my goodness. Um. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think it's kind of cool. But yeah, so basically we do cards uh, and then we celebrate when he has time off of work. And like, I mean, I think last year we got sushi or something like that. But usually it's just like one meal. um, And sometimes he'll get me chocolate or something if I'm complaining about chocolate. (laughs) Hey, a a nice meal goes a long way. That's right. Great. Oh, absolutely. We usually like in the past we cook, like I love to cook. So I'll do like a big steak dinner or something like that with a nice bottle of wine. Well, Doug's teaching a clinic this year. And so there is no steak dinner for him tonight. I mean, tomorrow night he will be, so it's Tuesday for us. And so he will not be having steak dinner and you'll be flying home as it's Valentine's day. So I found a place, um, here in, Durham and it's doing a Valentine's Day dinner on Friday night. And so we're going to go without the kids and do like a Valentine's Day dinner on Friday because we missed it. So we're not always about the day because we're always like always somewhere else. So we usually just try to make the most of like at some point saying, okay, we'll do it this. And it's usually at home, but this time we're going to actually go out. So it'll be nice. And then The kids are so excited for Valentine's Day this year. Like, they have talked about it. It's so funny. They've done cards for their whole class. This whole big thing. And so they have probably asked me every day, how many more days until Valentine's Day? (laughs) So I feel I'll have to do a stay tuned on what actually happens at Valentine's Day because my kids are super, super excited about Valentine's Day. What about you and... Alex, Justine. 
Okay, well, so just a quick comment. If I saved every card, I do. I, I mean, I do. But Alex, his comment would be, "I'm a hoarder that I save every card." That's oh, me. I, I am know. a hoarder. Um, <laughs> no, Doug would never. Am a hoarder. Doug would be like, "Oh, what is this trash over here? Like, why did you save it?" He's like, "If you want to <laughs> save it, take a picture of it." Uh, my dad, he has one card for every holiday and he gives it to my mom and then she opens it and he takes it back and saves it for the next year. So he, re- <laughs> he recycles the cards for every holiday for like, no, that's hysterical. Their anniversary card, I think is like 12 years old. I swear. Fantastic. Now that's great though. I know. Right. Pretty smart. Pro tip guys. If you listen to the show, <laughs> but, um, I, poor Alex, he's got a hard one because uh, my birthday is February 12th. So, yeah. You know, uh, so generally we just roll Valentine's Day into whatever we're doing for my birthday. So, um, but, you know, I don't cook, <laughs> like, unless I physically have to because Alex is out of town. Uh, Alex is a great <laughs> cook. Um, so generally, like, we'll go out to eat um, or, do you know, do like a nice cute date night but um most of the time it's pretty low-key for us um i'm a really i'm really into like seasonal holiday candy like i like i love candy corn i'm a weirdo i love candy corn and i love the valentine's day hearts candies i'm obsessed with those so um i eat a lot of those this time of year um because they're delicious i don't know why but i love them um so that is that is my sweet treat. But yeah, beyond that, like, yeah, we'll have a nice date, date night out, you know, downtown kind of deal and then uh, move right along. My poor dad, my mom's birthday is the 16th and mine is the 12th. Oh, my so goodness. It's oh. just it's just a killer week for him. <laughs> <laughs> right. But he's done it this long. Um, so, so what about like horse valentines? Do you guys do anything special for the ponies? All mine get carrots and apples because I like to spoil them. <laughs> oh, that's sweet. I am sure that will be part of the stay tuned because Abigail is obsessed with giving like any type of treats to the horses. And her favorite is actually the Mrs. Pasher's cookies. Those so she good. goes and gets like, oh yeah, she has like a big jug of them and she goes and gets it. And she like walks up. She probably gave Stella one of the horses at least five of them today already. <laughs> and so I feel like tomorrow's after school is going to be giving every horse Mrs. Basher's cookies. <laughs> I love that. That's so cute. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm that type of person too. Like um, if I know I'm going to go on a long trip and it's going to be, if you know, days or a couple of weeks before I see my horse, I'll always put treats in like his, you know, dinner PM bucket of like the night before I leave. So, um, I, I do love zero proof horse treats for this reason. They have obviously a ton of great flavors. Um, for first, probably for Valentine's day, I'd pick the apple martini, I think, you know, um, Oh yeah, that'd be a fun one. Yeah. Fits in with like, you know, if you're going to get a box of chocolates and have an apple martini, right. Um, so those ones are cute. And luckily, Mikey loves all of every flavor from Zero Proof. Um, and what I like about them, you know, obviously, we've talked about Zero Proof on the podcast before. But they're made from all natural ingredients like oats and alfalfa. And they have natural flavors like obviously apple for apple martini, but orange if you like the old fashioned. Um, and then there's mint if you want the mint julep 
Um, and I heard that they're coming up with some new flavors soon. So um, we'll have to stay tuned on what those are going to be. But it's, again, no artificial ingredients. Um, I love the little nugget style of them because they're they don't crumble like if you put them in your pocket they're not going to fall apart but they're just a nice small treat that you can walk around the horse show with them in your pocket um and they're they're just a nice treat and again if you want to try them especially now for valentine's day uh, we have a coupon code for you so if you go to zeroproofhorsetreats.com you can use the promo code heels down that's all one world well all one word in caps, so H-E-E-L-S-D-O-W-N, and you will get free shipping plus a free gift when you order online. All right, so I wanted to ask both of you, uh, there was this Facebook post that went totally viral recently. Emily Holmes, who I know from the Florida Horse Park, she puts on all the events there from schooling to FEI-level events, um, posted about... uh, 2024 is along the lines of like, it, could it be the year of no braiding? Because if you look in the rule book, braiding is actually optional at events, um, which I, which was like mind boggling to me. And just another reminder to like read the damn rule book, right? Before you go to a horse show. Um, so obviously she's talking from an eventing standpoint, but if you look in the rule book, it's also optional for like USDF dressage. So I think she brings up a really interesting discussion. There was lots of heated comments on this Facebook thread, but like, why do we braid at this level? I guess if you don't have to, like I can, I could see obviously from an FEI perspective, that is a different ball game. And even for me, like my FEI, let's be real is like the USCA recognized events. Um, so, like, it's great that you can braid if you want to. But just, like, as someone who's competed internationally, I mean, what are your, what are your thoughts? Have you, one, did you see this thread? I did. Oh, yes. I saw it. And it <laughs> okay. sparked a lot of different threads, which was pretty incredible. And one that I do want to circle back to because I have another question as a follow-up about where this is all turning to. So, mm-hmm. my big thing was, I mean it's kind of nice that maybe like, you know, and I think for like one days and stuff, we haven't braided, like if it's a lower level thing, but at the end of the day, like a lot of our owners or people like they like the horses braided. And so you'll see for big FEI show jump classes, our horses are braided. Now I'm not going to lie. If it is in a pinch and we're running late and like, or we're just not in the mood that day, like we will not braid. Like, we will just say, screw it. It is not a big deal, you know? But I think that's kind of where the attitude should be. If you are good at braiding or you like your braids or, I mean, like, it doesn't take me long to braid. I can throw in a set of braids and, like, it's real probably embarrassing how fast I can braid. But I can braid and throw in 10 braids in the horse and it just is plotted up and looks nice. So, if it doesn't take me that much time and it looks nice and it's done now, I'm not paying any, I'm not putting in 50 braids like the hunters, which unfortunately I can do that as well. Some days I don't like that. I braid, <laughs> but, um, in a pinch, it's nice. Like I know I can do it so that if, you know, it's at the Carolina international and it's, you know, got a lot of pictures and Doug's going to want to use some pictures. Like he's going to want to look his best. If he's in a coat, he's going to want the horse looking nice. And so that's kind of, 
okay, if we're, like I said, if we're in a rush and it's going to look not as great, he's going to say, forget it. I'll wear a coat and just move on with the day. But I think it should stand kind of, in my opinion, is if it's convenient for you or you have the time or you like the way it looks. And, it, you know, it's just like people that get up and do their hair in the morning. There's lots of times I like have my hair in a half brushed bun and I drive the kids to school because I'm in a rush and I didn't have time. But there are other days that like I'm going to the airport. I don't want to look at the airport like this. Like I'm embarrassed of what I look like. So I will actually like fully brush my hair and like maybe do more than just like wash my face. So I think it's kind of that mentality. If you feel that it's going to make you feel better, you should braid. Or if you have time or the ability, then braid. But if it's not that important or you don't like the way it looks or you don't like the way yours look, don't feel pressured to braid. I think that's a great message. I think, um, you know, the first question I had after reading the thread is like, sure, I would love to like not worry about braiding some days. And in the examples that you said, like you should, like there's traffic, you get to the show late, you're running, you're trying to get to the ring. It's just one last thing to worry about. But am I going to be penalized by the judge if I don't know? So then the other thing, which I was going to actually call Marilyn Doug's mother, who is judged everywhere. I was going to yeah. call and see if she cared. And so on this, it got me on like, you know, it's when you are on Facebook or wherever and you just like start searching everything. I, I went on like that, whatever, long road of like looking for it. So then I saw yep. another one and you read all the comments like, you know, sometimes I know I need to get off Facebook. So I'm reading all the comments and I laughed because John Holling had posted kind of a segment to it, of, of like a spinoff type thing about how he didn't braid, but Sarah did. And it was like a ha ha funny kind of thing. And Marilyn said in the comments, don't worry, jo John, the judges don't even notice. And that's what was so refreshing. She's judged everything. And if she doesn't care, she's like looking at the whole picture. She doesn't care you're braided. And that's what's so nice. Yeah, I think that's amazing. Because again, like, if I'm spending all the money to go to a rated show, um, I generally want, like, I want to be braided. I want to look nice, you know, and especially when it's just like eventing or dressage knots. Those are easy in comparison to the hunter knots. Like, oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's, you know what I mean? Like, because some people, like, if you go through some of these, Facebook threads like people have opinions on like literally every minuscule piece of this like oh horse, horse welfare blah 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 okay I you it's know like we do they're in for thirty hair. minutes I, think, I know like we're we're not we're not killing the horses here but again if you don't want to braid your horse so, because that's a concern so to I you would love, don't do it I would love yeah I mean like so braiding my hair is like punishment to me like no it, that's just ridiculous but. At the it's end of totally the day, personal preference. Yeah, I think exactly. it should be personal preference. If I want to look nice to go to the airport and or go to a horse show or go wherever, I should look nice because I'm going to take the time to do it. Now, if I don't care what I look like, that's my prerogative as well. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Like my my viewpoint is, I'm more worried about my horse being sound and happy to do the job yes, of being exactly. at a competition. I, I've spent all this time I am to about get the to the horse show and the money. Yeah. I'm hoping that I'm having a good go, not what my braids look like, to be honest. But, but you know, so, but either 
I'm oh, also the type of person who's shown up to the airport, having slept totally hungover, just trying to get to my end destination. <laughs> and then also been to the airport, like completely ready, dressed, looking nice, ready to land, oh. and, like go out. So I could be both people. Is what I I'm can saying, be both you know? people. <laughs> I mean, I have literally gone to the airport and there's pictures of faces of Jessica at the airport. Like it is a lot, <laughs> but I, I would like to try that some days when I have time that I can look presentable to the public. And 100%. there are other times that I look like don't recognize should, me. Don't look. I me. should not be let on the plane. I look so <laughs> terrible. But you know what? I'm thankfully they didn't judge me that day, and that's it. And that's what it should be, basically like. But speaking of this, I have a little question because on these like threads on Facebook that I saw, I have a question. So then I saw, and you're in Florida. Are you guys going to have to start wearing cross-country pennies in the dressage? Speaking of Emily, who started this whole discussion, yes. So it depends on the venue, but the Florida Horse Park started this first. Why? Where Can they not read the numbers on the bridal numbers? Uh, I don't have a good answer for that, but I'm I... I'm just curious. <laughs> just curious if they couldn't read. I... I, I guess it helps for like every volunteer, you know, eventing is a volunteer based sport. It's, it's wonderful. It helps. I'm keep happy to yell down. out my number all day long, but talk about the person that wants to braid and look the part. I, and then and you have I to know wear the damn is, penny. <laughs> I know this is a European thing. I know it's all in England. It drives me personally nuts because I don't like the way it looks. And no, it takes days, away from your whole outfit, all your turnout. The, on the you know, days that I look turn. like I'm scaring people in the airport, I'm happy to put on my penny. <laughs> like, totally fine. But on the days that I have spent 20 extra minutes and gotten up on time and look like a presentable human being, I would like not to wear my penny that day. And I would just like to yell out my number. Yeah. You want to look sharp in your in your show coat and breeches and stuff, but then you got to put the penny on. I, you know, I understand. I mean, I should just look like Cle- cousin it and call it a day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I know. I I there was a lot of backlash on the penny posts. Too. I'm more That's offended by the pennies than I am this braiding thing. <laughs> I mean, okay, so I think I have a little bit of a different view from you guys because I'm one of those people like. I will wear pajamas everywhere. Um, I don't like, I haven't worn makeup. You wear those leggings that are so short that I don't think I could wear those in public. I do. Yeah. I wear my equi panties everywhere. You do. Yeah. That's not even leggings. That's bike shorts. Yeah. I mean, but I know what she knows what I'm talking about. I literally can't wear those out of my house. Like, I'm embarrassed to wear those out of my house. Like, I'm like, I mean, oh, people see my like under. I mean, they are underwear. They are underwear. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It feels very freeing, but I did case, do that. <laughs> but in any case, like I, I'm, I, I don't care, like at all. Yeah. Like, well, <laughs> I, I haven't worn makeup in years. But there's one thing that I've always been like adamant about is like, and this is like honestly because that's my whole purpose of showing is I want a nice freaking picture of me and my horse so but to be honest i've had berkeley for 12 years he's been braided twice in his life and it's only been for two fancier hunter derbies for the sole purpose so that i could get a nice picture um you know the rest of the time his mane has been you know cut nice and we've just been in the jumper so you know and i like to grab mane and i have no shame in it so 
I want my mane loose <laughs> so I can grab it when I need it. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, I think it's all, I, I agree with the penny thing. Like that would bother me if I had to do it. Like, I feel like it should be optional, right? Yeah. Because if you want to do it, like, you know, I, some people have that opinion of like, look good, do good, feel good, you know? Um, yeah. and I think that's awesome. Like if that's going to like sure. get you going and that's like, you know, your pump up mantra that you have, you do in the mornings before horse shows, go for it. But like, I don't think that it should be like something that people, cause like you said, I mean, I really don't think I, if you are doing so exceptionally well on your round that the judge says, oh man, she's not braided her horse. Yeah. Like, okay, congratulations. <laughs> no, and like, it's nice. They don't care, but that's where I think it should be a choice to not wear the penny, to not braid, to do all that. Like to wear the penny feels like it's more of a situation. Like it's just, yeah, it's a lot. A lot. You know, there are a lot of big name eventers who complained about that. But, you know, if you want to, if you don't want to do it, you don't have to show at the horse park. It, oh, you yeah. Know, I, yeah, exactly. It is what it is. I just hope it's uh, not a trend, I guess, is my big thing. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. But again, I better just to wear a back number. Right. Yeah. It would be more, you know, streamlined. You wouldn't have to be flopping around in that. Yeah, maybe. I know, but the it's so European. I mean, everybody in England does it and they seem to not care, I guess. Yes. I don't know, but I'm with you, Ellie. I'm going to buy the picture. Yeah. I'd love to buy the picture of the horse braided, you know, it's, um, but uh, there have definitely been days where I've been stuck in traffic. I'm showing up for a one day event like, and it comes down to, do I have time to braid or walk my cross country course? And I wish I was brave at the time to say I didn't panic and try to do both and then did a, a crap Half job, job. Of both, yeah. you know, like, so I would rather just go, uh, screw it. I he'll be fine. Like I keep my horse horses mane pulled like a hunter. It's tiny. Yeah. It's nice. I should let it and go. And that's the thing is as, as long as it's tidy and nice and looks good. I don't think it matters either way. And yeah, then I mean, you have yeah. options. Yeah, I mean, Berkeley's mane's like eight inches long right now, so I wouldn't go out like that. <laughs> You're not hitting it up right now? Probably he's in not. His, he's in his full winter mode with his full leg mullets and everything. But, um, you know, but yeah, I mean, I don't think, I, I really don't think there's a big issue with it at all. You know, it's a do no. what you want to do. Just like people who wear the purple coats in the Hunters. If that's what you want to do, go for it. Go Who cares? For exactly. Who cares? Exactly. It's about the fun. Live Eck. It's a free app for equestrians. They break down barriers, making the sport more accessible to everyone. The app connects riders with local opportunities, riding lessons, lease horse leases, equestrian jobs, you name it. The app probably has it. Go to www.liveeq.com for more information. So guys, I have a question. So I'm just kind of getting back into it, but I want to know, like, it's been hard in the last couple of years taking a step back, you know, obviously I had the kids and took a step back and stuff. And I feel like I'm finally getting over it, but I feel like that's kind of a thing right now that, you know, everybody's having kids or, you know, I broke my leg and there's always life happen situations that how do you guys kind of deal with the FOMO? from having to take a step back. It could be voluntary like the babies or when I broke my leg, it was, I was set down no matter what. So 
I feel like I'm finally on it, but you never know when the next situation happens, which hopefully is a while. But how do you guys handle the FOMO? Oh, that's a good one. I don't know. Ellie, you've, I feel like you had back-to-back rehabs. I was going to say, poor Ellie's know? been right in with me. Yeah. Uh, um, well, so I think it's a little different um, when, I mean, right. So it's, it's been difficult for me because it's not something where it's going to change for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you don't see an, it's not like a snap in one moment. Right. It's going to change. Like, something there's different. nothing I can rehab to do to make me the rider I was before my paralysis. Um, so that's very frustrating for me. Um, because it's, you know, it's not even a, you know, you, you, I have like more of like a FOMO of things I didn't do years ago. Um, you know, when I could, um, but the real life situation is, you know, crap happens and, you know, you just have to figure out how you're going to continue to love the sport that you love. Um, so, you know, no, I'm not going to be able to ride competitively or as competitively as I was. I'm looking into like, can I do things with Berkeley like Western dressage so that I have a horn and a, like a more secure saddle, um, you know, oh, so yeah. that way I can feel more confident um, and have that stability since I don't have the ability that I used to have. Um, and like, am I kind of like foolish because I'm like, I'm going to try it anyway? <laughs> um, probably. I, I, mean, I love that for you though. I think no, that's I was going to say, I feel like that's idea. you though. And that's, yeah. it wouldn't be you without doing that. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think like, that's the thing. I mean, to be honest, I think my, my overall opinion of it, um, because, you know, I dealt with the whole, I'm sad and it's never going to be great. And it's like, I have this barn and this was my dream for so long and now I can't even enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. And like, so I went through the depression of that, the dealing with that. And ultimately my horses are happy. They're, I would say sound ish. (laughs) I would say majority of them. (laughs) I feel like for um, yours, they're sound. So it's like pretty good. (laughs) Um, And I think the thing is like, I love being with my horses and I don't care if that means that I don't get to go back in a really nice show ring and compete for the actual ribbon. I don't care if that means that I show in something that my horse can literally walk over the fences. They're so low. Like, I don't care. Like yeah. at this, at this point, cause, because to be honest, my horse doesn't care. My horse doesn't no. care. Yeah. No, he's he... happy he's not driving to Cornell all the time. Like that's Exactly. Like, that's it. <laughs> they're thrilled they're getting to eat. And that's such a good way to look at it because, you know, they're happy. Like, they're not hurt that you've provided them to become so sound and everything else. Like, they've overcome so much themselves. So, yeah, even looking at those, that's that's pretty incredible. Yeah. So, I think I've just changed my my mindset a little bit on the fact that, you know, it matters more what, how you treat your horse and how your horse is than what you are able to accomplish with them. It's like, and, and I, and I dealt with 
kind of the opposite side of that too. I'm like, well, do I lease them out? Because like, I feel like I'm holding Berkeley back from like his potential and all this stuff. And I'm like, but he yeah. doesn't, doesn't care. care. No. He doesn't, doesn't care. care. No. He no. could give two craps about going, like, you know, <laughs> if, if there's not food involved, he doesn't care about the color of the ribbon, you know? He doesn't care about, like, he likes to go to big horse show venues, but I can still do that and just go walk him around, go hack him around, like, you know? So I yeah. think that, I think dealing with FOMO, especially when it's something you can't control, right? If, you're, if your finances have changed and you can't, you know, do things you used to do, or if you're like me and your body has changed and you can't do things um, that you used to love to do with your horses, I think the overall picture is just to stay in that mindset of your horses, keep them happy and healthy and just enjoy what you can do. And I think that's like where I've had to look at things from in order to kind of cope with it. I'm going to have to call Ellie next time I'm down and be like, I know I need you to help me because it's very healthy and yeah. very mature of you to come to that decision. It's been that easy, Allie. Like, I'm not saying Oh, it that took at me all. over a year <laughs> to get I'm to that point. That <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, you know, just the way you put it and everything else, it's like, it is really quite amazing. You know, like, it's things that I never even, you know, thought about that can then bring me some more peace type things. Like, you know, everything, like you said, sometimes are in your control, sometimes they're not. And you start to feel guilty and to break it down to be so simple as the horse is happy and they don't care, you know, like, oh, the horse is getting older and I haven't shown it as much as I should, you know, like you start to get that different kind of guilt. Um, and I, I love that because it's something I had never thought about. And to be able to say, look, like they don't care. I'm giving them treats. He's happy. He's sound. Like, that's all he wants. He doesn't care yeah. if he gets on the trailer or not. He gets to run and buck and fart. And that yeah. is all they care Preferably about. Preferably <laughs> not with me on him. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, let's specify that. Like, Preferably not with me. Like, in a field. But, yes. Um, but, yeah, no. I, I love how you break it down like that. Because it's things that when you start to feel guilty about the smallest things or the biggest things or anything in between, you can make it as simple, which I said, is not simple for you to figure out, but I'm glad, you know, you can share that because I think those simple words are quite helpful. Well, what about for you, Jess? Because, uh, you know, you were, I mean, you ran around Kentucky, you were competing at the five-star level and then life changed for you and in something that you got to choose, right? Like you were yeah, ready to start yeah. a family. Yeah. And yeah. So that exactly. was, but that's that still was something a whole conversation. With, right? Oh yes. And like, that was a conversation we had that like one of the last Kentuckys, um, I did afterwards, a lot of different things happened and I started kind of reevaluating, like, what do you really want? Like, are you going to go run Kentucky again? Like, yes, I can sure. do that. But you know, now looking back at it, I should have just talked to Ellie because my horse is happy. He didn't really want to go. And I wanted to retire him sound and I want to retire him happy. And that's exactly what I did. And I mean, he's 27 years old, still farting and kicking, hopefully in a field, not with his rider. <laughs> but, um, so I kind of did a mind shift and say, okay, look, I didn't want to 
same thing. I didn't want to lease him out to like a big rider type thing. I found an amazing situation for him with a client of ours that he could go do lower level and kind of teach her. And so I was like, okay, I think I want a family. And then I always had some young horses and then sold them. But, you know, my goal was to, okay, when the kids, you know, you think when the kids are going to get older, I can start really competing again. Well, now the kids are older and in school and it's quite just as hard to be honest. So it's not very (laughs) as easy as I kind of thought it would be, but, uh, you know, we make it work and everything. And so it's just, it's different. So I kind of had to same thing, refocus my mindset into saying, you know, what is important? The kids are important and my horses are important. Absolutely. But I still want to, you know, we're big into family life and family time and everything else. So, you know, if I miss a horse show because it didn't work out at the end of the day, I'm like, there's another one. And it's fine if he's, you know, getting a little older and not hitting every milestone my other horses hit when they were younger. It's fine to just say, look, he can be a little older and we'll get there when we get there. And that's been, you know, it's taken me several years to kind of say that because, you know, I wanted to do the five-year-olds, the six-year-olds, the seven-year-olds. And now, you know, we're six and I'm like, ah, well, we're happy to be jumping what the four-year-olds are jumping because we're just happy to be jumping basically. And so it's that change of mindset that, yeah, I mean, it takes time and it's not easy to kind of come to that, but doing that reality check of you can't do everything sometimes just has to happen. And that's been probably the hardest is that you can't do everything. Right. But I think that's important to talk about too, right? Because it's, especially as women, I feel like that is a pressure we all feel no matter what your riding goals are. Well, we're expected to do everything, like expected to X, Y, Z, and then, oh, wait, you forgot to do A, B, C, D. And it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just at some point, you know, I've learned to not be afraid to ask for help and not be afraid to say, look, you know, I'm in a jam or when the horse is like being naughty, like not just pushing through it, like, you know, just kind of adapting to what my body can do now and what, you know, my mindset can do now and, and not what my 19 year old body would have, you know, probably gotten bucked off. It's like, (laughs) okay, now let's try to be a little safer and let's do it a different way and kind of figuring out what that means. And that's the hardest is like, trial and error what does that mean right right no I mean I've grappled uh with the same as you Ellie you know like I went from competing twice a month uh and having all these goals with Mikey to an injury just like literally put like pump the brakes and put us it's like in a minute immediate and it just was so emotionally jarring it was um it was really difficult, you know, and I've written about it a little bit for Heels Down and we've talked about it obviously on the podcast, but it was, um, it was, it just, it was terrible. It, it, yeah. uh, it was one of the hardest things I've had to go through and had to reckon with. And it's hard to find people to talk to about it because, you know, you ask normie people who aren't, don't know anything about the sport. They're like, uh, it's a horse. Yeah, you're like, why does it matter? And that's first world problems, you know, and and I I get that too. And I think that's a good reminder sometimes. Um, But also like when you put all your eggs in this one basket, like it's, um, 
very much who I am and you you work so hard at it it's not like I uh take piano lessons after work you know what I mean like this is a really um all encompassing hard work lots of labor lots of blood sweat and tears for it all of a sudden to just be like over um yeah yeah it was a really hard year and I was lucky and very fortunate to be in a position where I could have the second horse for a short period of time to do, like have the distraction of the thoroughbred makeover. But um, uh, the second I sold Wyatt, like I felt that sense of dread all over again. Like, well, what do I do now? You know? And uh, I'm grateful at the end of the day to have Mikey at all. And I try to remind myself of that when I, when I'm feeling frustrated or sad when my friends are off horse showing and I'm still bringing my horse back into work, you know, that like, hey, at the end of the day, I this horse that I love so much, like so much, I love him more than almost most things in my life, that he's still here. And that is a yeah. really important part of this for me. And I've gotten to know him in this very new way through the crappiest moments of our lives together. Um, and I am grateful for that, even though it's been so crappy. But yeah, our goals are now... I don't even know if I have goals, but sort of right. like you, Ellie, I've, I've thought about like, I'm really hoping he could be a dressage horse. And that's something I enjoyed doing. And we were with the dressage trainer before this happened, but also I thought about working equitation. I reached out to a trainer in Ocala who does working equitation. Like, is that something we could do? Try new things. Um, I'm okay with that now, now where I think, you know, a version of myself three years ago would be like, what the heck? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, like, no, it's the AECs or nothing, you know, but that dream is like so gone. Um, yeah. And I think it's okay. And that's, I think it's a good life lesson. It's bigger than horses to realize that there are things that happen beyond our control. And it's part of life to adapt and the way you handle those things with grace or without grace, you know, kind of sets you up for the next challenge in your life. So, mm-hmm. but man, it's hard. It, at the end of the it's day, hard. it's hard. And, um, and it's it's hard very when it's isolating. A it's it, hard when it's it's every situation. Yeah, is hard to be right. honest. And it could feel very lonely. So yeah. just yeah. if you're listening and you've gone through that, um, just know you're not alone. There are a lot of us who have dealt with it. And with horses, there's just so much heartbreak that I think we we like to say it, but until you feel it, like it's there is so much heartbreak, and it's it's the risk um, and burden we take by deciding to be part of this world you know yeah and I think what you said is just so important you know because I dealt with it a lot with Batman where people are just like oh well like why can't you just like get a new horse oh yeah and I'm like that's not the point so what happens to this one yeah it's not it's not a car like I'm like no like this is like I want this horse like I want to do I want to like be with this horse and it's people don't understand that it's like this is my partner like, this is not, like, just, you know, oh, I crashed my bike, and now I'm going to get a new one. Like, no. Like, that's not no, that's the case not how it at works. all. And, yeah. And I think that's that's a hard, I feel like that's really isolating, too, is, like, especially with, you know, rehabbing horses. It's, like, it's not like you can just, you know, do something else, you know? And that's, like, somebody said that to me when I was in rehab myself. It's, like, oh, like, why don't you find, like, a different hobby, and I'm like, it's not a hobby. Uh, yeah, that's like, not how it works. It's not a ho- like, it's not find something else. It's like, 
now you just find how a new, you new. Can, exactly. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, and I think what you said is so important. Like it is the horses that we love so much and their happiness is what yeah. makes us happy. And being with yeah. them is what makes us happy. So yes, like you have all these goals and you like have all these things you really like, Oh, this would be so fun to do with this horse. And it's like, I don't like, I don't care about doing that with another horse. You know, it's like, this was some, the goal I had for us as a team. And I think that that's something that's very hard to explain to people who aren't horsemen. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, it's, it is hard. And that's why I'm grateful for both of you. Cause y'all listen well, exactly <laughs> on the hard days, you know? Well, and that's the thing is you have to be grateful for the friends that you can talk to about as well. Because that's, you know, like we talked about, it's hard with other ones that be grateful for those people as well. Because, you know, don't take them for granted because they're just as special and hard to find. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. For sure. Speaking of that, I have to know you guys as Rose and Thorn. Oh, my goodness. All right. Who wants to go first? No, not me. I asked you to. Not me. (laughs) I'm thinking. Oh, my why? rose is not this, but it should be that I didn't. I don't have the plague anymore. But that's not really my rose. <laughs> so all I can think is anymore. I didn't get sick in Florida. <laughs> there you you didn't get the plague again. Yeah, again. I gosh, I still cannot believe I got the plague. <laughs> <laughs> I can. I can go. I guess. Okay. All right. So I took a Berkeley up last week for Cornell for his recheck. Yeah. Um. And I am really happy because he's like, it's like only like so sporadically that, um, you know, they're basically said now is the time to just strengthen him up. Um, so he's basically kind, I, I don't want to say through the rehab tunnel. Um, that's great though, but he's, he's yeah. continuing to push through the tunnel. Um, you know, he's going to require, corrective shoeing for like the rest of his life, but who cares? He's, you know, he'll be 16 this year, you know, that, and he's also a draft cross like that to be expected, um, that he would need a little extra support, um, with the shoe department because he's, he's a big guy. Um, but so I'm excited about that. Um, but to be honest, my, more of my rose was that, when they, they, so they have like a round pen, right? And because I wanted to see him on a turn because they trotted him on the straight and they couldn't see anything at all. And they're like, well, let's check him on a circle. And Berkeley with the mud and stuff, like he hasn't been able to like do any kind of real movement outside because he hates the mud. Um, so when they put him in this round pen and put him on a lunge line, he was like, I want a canner. And like, he wasn't like rude. He wasn't like buck and run, but but the, all the vets and and it's a, you know, it's a university hospital. So all the students that were there, they were like, oh, my gosh, he is he is such a beautiful, nice uphill canter. And they were just like complimenting <laughs> his canter. And they were like, he's probably so comfortable. I'm like, yes, he's a couch. And he was just like, 
and they would just like get him back down to a trot and then they would click back at him and he would do another beautiful transition he was just like totally showing off for these people (laughs) oh my goodness that um, is hysterical yes and that just gave me a lot of like joy i was like yeah i was like don't let his leg mullets and like full draftness right now fool you he's actually really broke (laughs) and um, (laughs) like he, he doesn't pull a cart um even though he looks like it right now um but so that was my that was my rose is that it was just a a positive experience and i'm and i'm happy about that um my thorn is that i'm just really really sick of this mud guys um i just <laughs> i i just really i can't deal I'm with just it thinking of the text picture the one, again i can't yeah all i can think foot. of is the one shoe <laughs> The one and shoe, it, just doing and the barn in one shoe. So many times, it happened Saturday morning, and I come out of the pasture holding my shoe. Oh my And goodness. Matt goes, "I'll put the other horses out." Like he didn't say <laughs> anything about the shoe. He was because he's like, like, "I don't want to deal with that." Yeah, exactly. But it's just frustrating because, like, the the mare I have, she like nicked herself on frozen ground, so I've had to keep her inside for this cut because I can't put her out because it's mud. I don't want it to get infected. And it's just like, I'm just over it. I'm like, okay, enough is enough. Like, and then it's, you know, it's it's frozen in the morning. So the horses can't go out in the morning till it softens up a little bit. I'm just, I'm done with it. I've, Mm. I've never, I've never hated having my horses at home. But this season, I've really hated having well, because, my horses well, at home. And it's awful for you because you're used to the snow. Like, it gets better and it snows. And you haven't really gotten that this year. No, not at all. And, yeah, I'm just, like, Batman sprung a shoe two days ago. So I had to have the farrier come back out to do that. And I'm oh just, my like, goodness. I'm like, I don't blame him because it's just, it's just a it's, mess. So I've yeah. never hated weather so much. Um, so that would be my, my thorn is just like, uh, I'm ready for it to like either freeze or dry. Um, one or the other, I'm done. Like, (laughs) (laughs) but what about you guys? I can go. So my rose is that, uh, I did not, that Wellington did not hate me this time and that I didn't get sick and that the horses jumped really well. And then we, uh, we met with a new um, vet that is doing a new ultrasound type thing. So we got to get a couple of our horses. It's like this 3D imaging ultrasound where it's in color as well. And so that's my rose is to put that in like, I guess you're like, want to say your arsenal of like knowledge and stuff of like being able to have access to that. So it was really cool to see that. And we got the green light then to jump two of our horses that have been do we really, you know, they've been rehabbing, they've been doing this and we've been taking it really slow, but with this technology, we could actually scan them and see that basically it's like scar tissue and that they look fairly, you know, they look healed more than what you can see on a basic scan. And so, uh, now we'll do a recheck in I think four to six weeks, I think it's closer to six weeks, but, um, that's my rose is that, basically putting that into the barn and being able to have access to that and further the horses, I think is going to be really, really nice so that we that can. exciting. Yeah. So I got to bring two of them back for jumping. So that was exciting. And then guys, my thorn, 
And I, my rose has been that actually we have not had snow so that I have not had to deal with it. We, we don't have the mud like poor Ellie. So we live enough on a hill <laughs> that it just runs off. So thankfully, uh, we do not have any of that. But the thorn is, I don't know if I've talked about this on this before, but Hudson is going to first grade next year. And wow. Yes. Oh my gosh. How is he? And he That's freaky. I know. He's six. It's crazy. That's nuts. Abigail's four. But he's going to school. And we have these, like, great schools in the area. And there are several of them. And they all have, like, amazing attributes to them and stuff. And so picking one might be hard. But that might not be the hard part. It is, like harder to interview for these schools in the first grade than it like him going into the first grade. He's in kindergarten. Then it was for me to apply to college. Like he has to go through testings and interviews and we have to interview. And I am like, this is the craziest thing. So we have spent the last (laughs) two to three months interviewing at all these schools and testings and everything else. And, you know, Hudson's such a good sport. He's like, I don't know. I just really like all of them. I'm like, okay, great. Cause I'm hoping one of them picks like, <laughs> and now we're waiting until March to find out if we got into a school because between wow. the charters, Oh yeah. Like the charters are in the lottery, the private, like it is, it is amazing what you have to like go through to go to school in first grade. Yeah. I've, heard this through friends you know just even like daycares and stuff like yeah yeah, I thought people were kidding when they said if you want to get into a daycare or this like preschool or whatever you have to like register when they're born and I thought everybody was being dramatic to be honest apparently no that's like a thing wow I I mean obviously my children didn't because I'm now in first grade now having to deal with it that we're at age six not age one uh but yeah so that is my thorn is that i did not know it was so hard to get into elementary school or to apply and the length of all of it and then now it's a waiting game you don't find out till the first ones are in march it's like applying to college holy cow yeah that's uh godspeed good luck (laughs) and it's even it's even this is not just private this is like for the charter public schools that go in lotteries and stuff Jeez, yeah so tell me your thorns not as bad as that one hopefully um so no it's not nearly as bad um so i'll start with my rose is is that it's my birthday week so um it's been fun to celebrate my birthday alex the husband did a great job we um spent it the looked day amazing yeah, we spent the day at the Don Cesar, which is a lovely um, old historic hotel on the on St. Pete Beach. Um, just enjoying, a, sorry to say, Ellie, like a really nice, warm and <laughs> sunny <laughs> couple of days. I did um, not say that that was her. And uh, we had some nice spa services. Like I was in a bathing suit, Ellie. I'm sorry, but um, you're just nice... rubbing it in. <laughs> I, I mean, that I was in a mud bath, like if that counts, for my spa. <laughs> she went to a spa and had a cold water or cold weather uh, mud treatment. Yes. Yeah, there you go. And those could be very expensive, you know. So. Yeah, I should start she charging. Lost two pairs of shoes. <laughs> I should just dig a hole and have people start charging 
come have this magical horse mud poop. <laughs> Man. Anyway, that sounds uh, fantastic. What else did you guys do? It was lovely. Yeah, we saw some friends, had dinner with family. It was great. Um, and so my thorn. Um, so uh, Mikey seems to be happiest with the work when we're out on the trails. So I've been using them, like the trail systems, as like essentially like almost like when he was in, in work as an inventor for like trot sets and building fitness. Um, I'm kind of using that model as I try to make him less feral. Um, and it's working well. So I have trails that are like right off the back of the barn and they're beautiful and there's tons of trails. So I just kind of like hike my stirrups up and almost like breeze them, you know, cause he's like, can't maintain a pace. He's very unfit, but to trot and canter in a straight line on the trail and then the trails open up to bigger fields. Um, I just kind of like, keep my hands the same and get off his back and let him figure it out. Like sometimes he, when he's fatigued, he wants to lean on my hands, but we're getting stronger and he can balance himself more. So I've been doing a lot of this work and, um, and just to get him like going somewhere and doing new things, we're going to trails that we haul to now as well, just to like make him get on the trailer, off the trailer in a new place and got to go do some work. So, um, this last weekend, I took him to Alifaya River State Park, which is one of my favorite places in all of Florida to ride. It's an old phosphate mine that, you know, that's grown over. So it's like a very odd but beautiful place in Florida where it's very hilly from the old mining back in the day. Um, and the fox hunting clubs run some, they used to run some hunter paces out there. Um, and it's it's beautiful. And especially this time of year where it's cooler and just nice to be out there. So I took Mikey out there all by myself. We were the only horse trailer in the park, which I don't know why, because the weather is beautiful. And uh, we definitely got lost out there. So like our quick like hack around for a while turned into three hours <laughs> as I tried to find my way back to the trailer. Um, but my my it's my thorn because I with these trail hikes that I'm doing with him, I am almost always so sore. Like, my butt, my thighs, oh, yeah. my legs, just from, you know, like, long trail rides. And I'm spending most of them, most of the time in a half seat when we're moving at the trot and canter. So, if anybody has tips in the Facebook group, or if you guys want to email us, like, if you're an endurance rider or a trail rider, or even, like, a more fit eventer at this point for me. Like, because I used to have no problem running around cross-country, obviously, but that's a much shorter time than um, what I'm doing on the trails. But... It, I guess it's a good workout for me for me as well as him, but I'm just, like, I'm dying from it. Like, I've tried. I've gone back and forth from the dressage saddle to the jump saddle. Obviously, the jump saddle is more comfortable. But if anybody has tips, because these they, they do seem to be benefiting him the most. He's happiest, like, hacking out, um, where he gets a little bit ornery and very feral, like, in the arena right now. So I'm trying to just, like, help build fitness, help keep him happy and do as much work on the trails as I can for right now. But if anybody has any tips, um, my body is dying. <laughs> so there used to be a company called Riders Relief. It was like a bath, um, like a it almost had the consistency of like Epsom salt. Um, okay. You put it yeah. in a bath and it was like a muscle, like helped with muscles. Um, I don't think it exists anymore, but like those muscle relief bath soaks, 
I used to thoroughly enjoy. Okay, good um, to know. Yeah, and they really did help, like, if you had, like, a long ride or something, like, if you just, like, rubbed your, like, thighs in the bath, after, like, with that stuff, like, that helped a lot. Um, All right. I'm down now, to try anything, so. Yeah. I mean, my other ones are prescription drugs um, <laughs> for soreness. Right. I can't give you those. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, because I have special ones for, like, nerve pain and stuff now, um, which help a lot. But, um, yeah, the, those were huge. I loved those soaks. And I love a good bubble bath, so that I like that. But, yeah, if anybody has tips, share them in the Facebook group. I'm all ears. But we do have a mailbag I wanted to run by you guys, too. Um, so this question came from an email from a reader, and they want to know, what is one part of your tacking up routine you never skip? Hmm. Jess, you got an answer, a good answer? Um, I would say the one part that I don't ever skip is either picking out their feet yeah. or... I love, I don't know why this sounds weird, but like, I love currying them. I feel like they most, not all of them, but most of them like it too, you know? Yeah. No, but I like to curry because I feel like it always just like gets that extra. So even if it's like two seconds, I like throw a curry over them. But the mm -hmm. one thing I don't do while tacking up is I never brush their tails. Okay. Unless I'm like in a lesson or at a show. But then I feel like it just pulls the extra hair out. So I'll pick through like all the shavings, but I never, yeah, yeah. Or I'll put, I'll put conditioner in it. And I, I love the cowboy magic, like detangler. That's like clear. And it's like real soft. I put yeah. that in their tails all the time, but I'll pick their tails or something, but I do not brush their tails. And I guess that would be like my biggest pet peeve of like what I never do just like riding around. So it depends on the horse for me. Like I used to always brush out my, Hanoverian mare's tail, but she had a big, beautiful, bushy tail. The thoroughbreds you, like, never. I never clean. touch them. Even yeah, no. like, even the big, big tails, I'll pick through them. Like, I'll pick them or shake them out or whatever, but I never take the brush to them every day because I've seen so many of them go from like big, then bushy tails to nothing. And then you're just like depressed. Yeah. Mikey's, I sprayed the pink stuff from Ellie, the pink. Uh, um, yes, the horse moisture spray. I love yes. that. Every that day. That's amazing. That's and it smells so good. But I don't it put does. that on their tails. I put that on their bodies Ooh. if I'm going to do it. On the tails, the Cowboy Magic Detangler, it's like, it feels yeah, like. Yeah, I like, have that, that too. I feel like it's like Shoshin though. Like I, I want something to keep it like conditioned. Like sometimes That I keeps feel like it, it conditioned, it but you have to use it like, you have to like rub it in their tails. Okay, got yeah. it. Yeah. Got it. Well, anyways, Ellie, so what do you ne never Yeah, skip? what do you, yeah, what are yours? Um, so, like, honestly, it's, it's a weird thing for me. Well, I don't think it's that weird. Um, like, even if I'm not putting boots on or anything, I'm always really anal about, like, like, giving their legs a good brushing. Like, I hate when I see people who have, like, a little bit of mud on, like, <laughs> their, like, corridor oh, bands. Yeah. I'm like, it really well, bothers me. always clipped up, like, really well, and they never go out in the mud, so, like. Yeah, oh, but that that yeah, drives well, me nuts. Yeah, you're I mean, you're yeah. living in the mud, so that would be a different situation. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like it's to the point. I mean, because it's you know it's freezing mud, so literally my horses will come in with like balls on their you know feathers of just like frozen mud. Yeah. And like Berkeley last year lost like half of his tail from j I I now cut my tails like really short. 
for the winter. But oh yeah. Um, but the one thing, yeah, I can't not clean a horse's legs. So it always bothers me too. Like if they have been out and their legs are kind of wet, I will towel them and wait for them to dry before I ride because I just I want to. Like, yeah, that would give them a good scrubbing and. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that sure. would bother me. I'm always worried, paranoid about scratches and stuff. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah. always brush, like mud, always brush mud, the legs. Muck it, uh, the mud itch and all that. That's so gross. Yeah. Yep. Yep. No, I'm what the if, same. Like mine is the same as you, Allie. Because mine, mine's not the winter like yours. Yours is yeah, all yours like is in the snow. Mine is the summer with the scratches. So I always make sure that the same. I, yep, I brush the legs and I dry them too because i want them to be dry from scratches and then i yeah. always apply the 40 percent zinc oxide diaper rash cream like a dust yeah. Skin or, yeah. Um, yeah to their heel bulbs and stuff and i'll do that before a ride just especially if their legs have been wet from like sitting in the muddy part of the pasture um just to help dry them out and give them that barrier before every ride um and then I just think it's important, like, especially now that I've dealt with a soft tissue injury, like, the first thing I do is run my hand down all of their legs. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Checking for bumps, lumps, heat. I think that's you know like, I, mean? I think that's like, uh, you don't even, I don't even know I'm doing it when you put on boots. You just, you just like, check yeah. their legs and then put the boot on. I think it's so, like, subconscious that you just do it. Yep, exactly. So that was like a thing I do. Like, sometimes he's in the pasture, I haven't even put the halter on yet, and I run my hands down his legs. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'd be losing. Like mine would run away. I gotta get the halter on. <laughs> so, yep. But yeah, if you have a question for us and you want us to answer it on the show, you could always send us an email. Our email address is hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you can join our Facebook group that we've mentioned a couple of times here. It's the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark, our daily equestrian newsletter. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash spark by HD. And we want to say thank you to our partners this week, Purina. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. 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 Thanks, guys.